0: So we are um, continuing on through this journey that we started last week. Pastor Don was here um, as my family and I were away on vacation. And again, thank you again for your guys' prayers on our vacation. We had a great time. Um, and uh, so, in that, and so now, as we Don started off last week and introduced this, we're going to be going through the Gospel of Luke throughout the summer. And and again, I chose this uh, as our series now just because. Again, we know in the summer, we're all kind of everybody's going everywhere, and it's a different schedule and, and from vacations and, and, you know, community events and holidays and just all these different things. So um, with people kind of this rotating, circle of people in and out of the church throughout the summer, um, we're going to just go walk our way through the Gospel of Luke, um, and this will take us uh, to the end of the summer. Um, and then at the end of summer, we're going to kick off of fall again with an all-church campaign uh, that I'm really excited about. Uh, you're going to hear more about that as we get closer. But so if again, as you're here, you walk through, we're going to be covering two chapters a week in Luke. And so again, if you miss a Sunday, if you're gone, just you know you can go ahead and read the next two chapters, and then you'll kind of stay caught up with us as we move through it. and um, With that said, is that we're um, we're not going to be able to possibly cover the entire gospel, right? And even two chapters of scripture on a on one message is more than we're able to clearly communicate. So. Uh, again, we're going to be, as we go through it, we're going to just kind of be picking highlights and stuff, but the goal here is to give kind of a 30,000-foot view of the Gospel of Luke, okay, and, and the story of Jesus that it covers. Um, and as we do that, like I said, some weeks we'll cover through, um, you know, um, talk about full chapters. Sometimes we're just, I'm just going to grab out um, certain stories. But um, last week, like I said Pastor Don laid a great foundation for us on the Gospel of Luke and who who Luke is. is just who wrote this gospel. And Again, a gospel is a story about Jesus and about his life. They, and Luke um, is one of uh, the gospel writers that is in, in our Bible. We have four gospels in our Bibles. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of them are different versions, different stories of Jesus because they're by different authors and they all come from a different perspective. Now Luke, again, Uh, wrote luke and luke is half of what he wrote because the second half of this book is actually the book of acts okay so he also wrote the book of acts so luke and acts were all written together as one whole story Um, and luke was is a non-jewish writer okay and he was he was a guy who was not one of the 12 disciples okay now two of our gospels were written by one of the some of the 12 disciples this is Luke was not. Now, Luke did travel with the Apostle Paul, um, and he was close, you know, like kind of one generation removed from Jesus. Um, and, but he wrote his gospel later than Matthew and Mark, okay, and he wrote it with a different perspective than Matthew and Mark, but he also wrote it with a different purpose. Now, he directly told us his purpose in chapter 1, as Don showed, right, that he wrote, um, again, to the non-Jewish world. Because right, all the disciples were Jewish men. He was writing from a non-Jewish perspective to the non-Jewish world. Um, and um, he was also, again, his goal was to ensure that everything we were hearing about Jesus, that we learned about Jesus, was in fact true. He's saying, because there's lots of rumors, lots of stories, there's lots of all these things coming through. And he says, hey, I'm going to write this gospel from this, this uh, Gentile perspective. Right? And he focuses him? on some fine details. Okay, and notice also as we go through the gospel, we'll notice he also focuses on miracles and healings. Because as a physician, right, this would have been a lot more miraculous from to him, these physical healings, than to even just the normal person. Right, and so we see these things come out in his writing. Um, and then I just as, as these first couple chapters... Um, Don, uh, again, pointed out last week of saying, what is your passion really for? Because Luke, as a trained physician, as a non-Jewish person, had an incredible passion for Jesus. And is our passion truly for Jesus as well, right? And as we study Luke's writing, we can see that. And so he, again, last week, as Don laid the foundation, focused on what is our passion for, right? And now today, um, as we get into chapters three and four, Okay, I want to focus on our identity. Okay, now our identity, again, who are we? Okay, we can even say to kind of simplify it even down a little further is saying what is our name and what does our name represent? As we know, names have different meanings, right? Again, even as you think about that, oftentimes even the last name of people, right, um, even showed sometimes their profession or the things that, again, they were passionate about. Now, with that said, is that's not true in our culture today or really even in our world. As you know, again, you inherit your name. In fact, um, again, just as parents, right, again, you, we give our, the name to our kids, right? And even it's not a lot of times we just pick it based on what we like or, or you know, popular name of the time or whatever it would be. Um, but I, I know there that as a parent, we take, we take careful, um, you know, uh, about how, how we name our kids. And we have reasons why we named them what we did. But again, in that said, is because what we hear about ourselves, what the names that we go by um, feed into our identity, right? Feed into what we believe about ourselves. And what we believe about ourselves becomes our identity, and that then affects our daily life. Again, as we um, hear in our culture, our broken world, we hear about abuse. We hear about, you know, hard situations. And I guess so many times, right, and this, again, as we've looked at before in Scripture, that we know that hurt people hurt people. And, and we can't, can, if you dive into some of these, these horrible situations and realize that this abuse or even an abusive person was hurt probably likely when they were a child or, or earlier in their, in their life. And, and sometimes, again, it's even just words, right, that can really damage us that affects our identity about what we believe about ourselves. And our identity becomes incredibly important. And now as we continue through Luke's gospel, we see um, Luke giving us this big picture about identity. So today, like I said, we're going to kind of take an an overview of chapters 3 and 4. So I invite you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 3. That's where we're going to start. And I'm going to glance over some of these things um, and and summarize some of them for you. But as you'll see in Luke chapter 3, we have this first section of Luke 3, verses 1 through 20. Okay, now this is through the whole first two chapters. He was going back and forth between John the Baptist and Jesus. Okay, and even through through the the Christmas story, um, as Luke gives it, it's intertwined with the birth story of John the Baptist. Okay, and so um, in these first, again, 20 verses of Luke chapter 3, we see that he gives us um, John's identity and John's role. Okay, he tells us, again, the role of John the Baptist, Right, was to pave the way for the Messiah. Okay, because the Messiah was coming, it was going to turn the entire religious landscape upside down. Okay, and John was the guy that kind of paved the way for that. He, he jumped in. Again, he, was weird. he lived in the wilderness. He did things differently. He, he again, known, right, his identity right, was John the Baptist. He baptized people. He dunked them under the water. And that was the core of his ministry and the core of his teaching. Right, was that we're going to be washed clean from the past because something new is coming. Okay, and John's identity and his role again, Luke kind of identifies this and lays it out here in these 20 verses. I want to highlight for you this morning Luke chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Okay, Luke chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, where it says, Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. And John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so John clearly understands his own identity and his role and how that identity then dictates his role, right? He's like, no, my identity is not the Messiah, Right, don't mistake me for that and my role right is to pave the way because I'm baptizing you with water but the Messiah the real Messiah right is going to be even more powerful he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire he will purify you and he will through fire right and representing that purify of your sins and cleanse you and change your identity with the Holy Spirit okay so John clearly understood his identity and his role Okay, and then we see um, the next section okay, in, in John um, 3, 21 and 22 is the transition between John and his identity to Jesus. Okay, and, and this section uh, gives us, um, again, that we all know and seen is Jesus' baptism. Okay, this is the official baton passing between John and his role to the Messiah that he was paving the way for. Okay, is, is that Jesus is baptized by John in Luke 3, 21 and 22. And then we see at the end of verse 22, okay, we see, he, we see the voice of God the Father. Okay, and this is after the, again, the Holy Spirit ascends on Jesus, right, as a picture like a dove. Okay, and Jesus becomes completely spirit-filled, right, and then, and then the, the Heavenly Father's voice comes from heaven Right? And says, you are my dearly loved son, you bring me great joy. Again, this is, in, this is one of the few places in scripture that we see all three pieces of the Trinity present in this same, exactly the same moment. Right? We see the Holy Spirit descending, we see the Son standing in the water, and we hear the Father speaking. Right? And we see all three parts of the Trinity present in this one moment. Okay, and this is this is a big deal. This is a big transition, right, and moving because this sets Jesus up, right, for his public ministry to start. Not only the transition from John to Jesus within the gospel, but it's also, again, this big transition for Jesus from carpenter to rabbi. Okay, and as he makes this transition, right, then um, Luke goes in for the last part then, of chapter three and he gives us and establishes jesus's earthly identity okay and this is when he gives us this long list right of genealogy and he says you know this here jesus right is known as the son of joseph and joseph was the son of this guy and then this guy was the son of this guy and he goes all the way back and he traces it all the way back all the way literally all the way back to adam Okay, now as we look at these names, and we're not going to take the time to go through it, but there's some really familiar names in this list, right? The, right the, the most significant one is David, right? Which fulfills all the prophecies about the Messiah would come from the line of David, right? We also see in there, again, Noah's obviously in there, right? And then all the way back in to Adam, right? Which leads back then to, right, again, Jesus' earthly identity. And notice he starts the list in verse 23, okay, by saying Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Because again, we all know, which he had just established with the Christmas story and the Immaculate Conception and everything, right, that Joseph is not Jesus' earthly father, right? But he is known as Joseph's son. That is his earthly identity. But that demographics, again, and this genealogy takes us all the way back to the very last phrase of chapter 3 is the Son of God. Right, which then sets us up to chapter 4, okay, where we see um, Jesus' spiritual identity revealed. Okay, we see the end of chapter 3. As Adam, the son of God, and this is, again, foreshadowing the fact that Jesus as well is the son of God, the second Adam. And we see his spiritual identity. Now, this next section, verses 1 through 13, is where Jesus is led out to the wilderness or the desert, depending on your translation. And he is tempted by the devil. And this is the last phase of preparation for Jesus before he comes back at the end of this 40-day period and just is thrust right into his public ministry. And so he's baptized, he he gets the baton from John, then he's led out into the the, the wilderness and the, the devil tempts him for 40 days. And, and, again, I'm not going to read this either, but I just want to highlight to you there are two plays. Again, there are three things that, that the devil tempts Jesus on. Okay, But the first and last one are these most significant in verses 3 and verses 9. What the devil attacks Jesus about is his true identity. Okay, Because, he, again, he starts out these temptations and he's saying, if you are the son of God, right, then do this. If you are the son of God. Right, the devil is attacking, again, he's not attacking him and all these, these necessarily earthly things. He's attacking him at his core identity of who the Messiah is, the Son of God. Right, and, and, and again, the devil is trying to get him off of the, the, the point and the purpose of his life. Because if he is the Son of God, Right, then he has a lot to accomplish. But yet, again, if the devil can get him off of the mark right now, before he goes public, right, then, again, the, the, that, the, it's really good for the devil, right, if he can do that. Right, and bad for us. Right, and where does he attack? He attacks him at his identity. Right, he asks him more than once, are you really the son of God? And again, the enemy attacks Jesus' identity because our identity, what we believe about ourselves, will literally affect every other aspect of our life. What you believe about yourself will affect every other aspect of your life. And this was the final step of preparation for Jesus to start his public ministry. I cannot tell you how huge of a deal this is. But for us to understand that our identity, what we believe about ourselves, affects it that much because that was the the place the devil attacked Jesus right it's that big of a deal and as as we think about that and as we realize that again they're saying now what is the implications of that for my journey and my faith journey with Christ right where does my identity lie what is my true identity as a follower of jesus right what what identity am I supposed to live out again is it is it my my, my humanly given name? Is it, is it the thing that I do? Is it how much money that I make? Is it, is it the things that I do for fun? What is it that's going to define me? Right? As I live out my identity. Now, in 1 John 2.6, it tells us this. It says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So as we ask this question, what should my, what should my identity be? Right? Again, John tells us. If you, if you want to follow Christ, if you want to live your life in God, then that means you should follow the example of Jesus. He becomes our example, right? He becomes what? My goal in life. Again, or as we would say, he is the destination of our journey. Right? And Jesus is what we follow. He is our example, right? And not only do, does our, our actions necessarily follow that and our attitudes, but it starts with our identity. Right, if I am a follower of Jesus, right, I am a believer in Christ, right? and as we think about that and, and realize, again, the huge implications of that, then that means our true identity as a follower of Jesus, right? As followers of Jesus, we are sons and daughters of the one true king. We are sons and daughters of the one true king, right? God. That is our true identity. If we, if we, again, receive Christ as our Savior, if we join the journey, right, then our identity changes, right? We move from God's creation, everybody's God's creation, even if they don't acknowledge that God even exists, they are still God's creation, right? But when we receive Christ as our Savior, when we join the journey, we move from God's creation to God's child, our identity Remember, our identity will change every other aspect of your life. As our identity changes, right, we become sons and daughters of the one true king. And as I'm thinking about this, again, there's this popular song by Matthew West. Okay, that just kept running through my head the whole week as I was preparing this, right? And, and again, the name of that is, Hello, My Name is the Child of the One True King. And again, as we think about that, it, again, in your mind, anytime, in your heart or your mind, you're wondering about who, who, who am I? Who am I really? Just think about no. My name is a child of the one true King. Right? It's a fun, it's a cool song. It's a catchy song to run through your head, but not only that. Just but it gives us such a core truth because that is what is supposed to define us as a follower of Jesus. Right? I am a child of the one true King. Right? Just like when he, as we heard, even from like from Doctor Frost and BBS. Right? We can be a failure. But Jesus changes our identity. Our identity is not a failure, even if we fail. Right? My identity is still a child of the one true king. Okay? And, and as we live that out, again, it will literally change everything else in your life. Okay, Galatians 3, 26 and 29 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Again, how does our identity change? Through faith in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of abraham you are his heirs and god's promise to abraham belongs to you which means right that when we look at this genealogy right that that luke gives us in chapter three right is that our name is at the very end right as a follower of jesus we go all the way back to son of god or daughter of god we are sons and daughters of the one true king that true king is god that is our identity Right now, the lies of the enemy and the experiences of this world cannot change your identity unless we let it. Right? We can let our identity be questioned by the lies of the enemy or the experience of this world, but don't let anything ever make you question your true identity if you are a follower of Jesus, because your true identity is a son and daughter of the and then we move on as we continue through these chapters to Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 30. Okay, so I want to I wanna dive a little deeper into this now as we see these. And, uh, so Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 14, it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, and reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read scripture. And then I want to skip over to verse 22, where it says, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked, isn't this Joseph's son? And then he said, you will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, position here yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum, but I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in this hometown. And then I'm going to skip to verse 28, okay, where it says, When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built, and they intended to push him over the cliff. But he passed right through them, through the crowd, and he went on his way. So now as you see, as, as Jesus' identity is, is set, right, is, again, we see this clash between his earthly identity as the son of Joseph, right and his spiritual identity as the son of god as the messiah it clashes in this story okay and and we see again that jesus's identity is challenged by earthly powers okay, he shows up in nazareth the town where he was raised right and they're all going like wait a minute you're making these new claims about being the messiah but we watched you grow up right we saw you you know, struggle through school. We saw you get in trouble by your parents. You saw all these things. Like, you can't be the Messiah. Right? And yet he again, he he kind of wrestles with this and, and he's challenged by earthly powers that like, no, it's you can't be you. Right? That can't be you. You cannot be the messiah. And again, as we see this, right, it, it does not change his identity what people said about him. Right, in fact, he very clearly tells them, I am the Messiah, I'm the one that's been prophesied. Right? And he read out of out of the prophecies, out of the scroll, and all these different things. And he says, this is the truth. And they're like, no, it can't be. Right, and as we see him uh, challenged by earthly powers, realize as followers of Jesus, we will also be persecuted for our commitment to Jesus. Right? Because there will be all those people in our lives, right? No matter what your backstory is before you join the journey, there will be people that will still come up and be like, no, you can't be a Christian. Right? Remember when we did... Fill in the blank, right? Man, people, we will be challenged by earthly power just like Jesus was. That 1 Peter 4, 4 and 14, it says, Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do. So they slander you. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests. Again, he's, he's telling us, Peter's telling us here, right? He's like, hey, you know what? Your former friends before Jesus, even, you know, they're gonna, as you are changed, as you live out your identity in Christ, they're going to be like, wait a minute, that's not who we remember. Right? And to protect themselves, they'll make fun of you. Right? And he's like, but guess what? If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, then you will be blessed again, now again, th- we need to make sure that you're insulted because you're living for Christ. I mean, there's lots of other reasons you can be insulted. Right? And again, even by not living out your life, right, again, we we will avoid the insults, right? But it also will affect our identity. Because if you truly live out your identity of I am the one true king, son and daughter are the one true king, then other people will not like it. Because it shows their lives aren't living. As a son and daughter of the one true King. Okay, so again, we will be attacked as well. Now, as we continue, then we see Jesus continues through this story here in chapter four. Not only is he, is he persecuted by earthly um, people, right, and and for his commitment to them, but then we see in this next section, verses 31 through 37. Okay, Jesus goes into the next town. Okay, and and he, he shows up in Capernaum and he gets here and he, he calls out some, some some demons right in the spiritual world. Okay, and again, to summarize this when he called out and they, again the demons like they, they, they shudder and they, they're freaking out because they know the true identity of who Jesus is. right And they have to obey him because they are, again are not as powerful as the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they go and we see again, he is challenged then, Jesus' identity is challenged by spiritual powers, right? And they kind of mess with him a little bit. They're like, Jesus, don't do this to us. We don't want it. And that they, he they does. Okay, and then we, we see all of this, again, play out in him. And we see how Jesus' identity, then is challenged by spiritual powers. And realizing that we also, as followers of Jesus, will be attacked by the enemy of God and the spiritual powers. Okay, not just the earthly powers and people, but also within the spiritual realm. Okay, and scripture is very clear about this, that we will be attacked by, by the enemy of God as when we stand up for Christ. Okay, 1 Peter uh, 5, 8, and 9 tells us to stay alert and watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Again, if you are obedient to Christ, if you live out your identity, right, you will be attacked, again, by the, the true enemy, right, which is the devil, right, and, and his demon. hey, Literally this morning, as, as we were getting ready, like, again, we were dealing with some things and the sounds and all these things, and I'm like, guys, I'm— well, like all the songs we're singing are calling out the enemy and, and I'm calling out the enemy in the message. Like we just gotta deal with the sabotage that's gonna happen today, but we're not gonna let it mess us up. Okay, we're gonna fight back. Hey so again, I just wanna say again this, this morning, um, you know, there's so many times in our own lives that we have to fight back. So again, let me be clear. by choosing to follow Jesus doesn't from um, doesn't bring on the attacks. Okay, choosing to follow Jesus doesn't bring on the attack, it just makes us more aware of them, right? Because before we live our identity as a child of God, right, we're being attacked. We just don't know it. We're just kind of, um, again, we're unaware. In fact, in in 2 Corinthians 2.11, Paul tells us, right, he says, Satan will will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. When When you change your identity, you become a follower of Christ, I'll just open your eyes to things you never saw before. Okay, and you become, un- you become aware of what's really going on and what this world's really about. Right? And, and then we, instead of being target practice as God's creation, we can fight back as God's child because we are not unaware anymore. Again, God following Jesus doesn't bring on the attacks, it makes us aware of what's really happening. When we start doing life with the Holy Spirit after accepting Jesus Christ our Savior, it opens our eyes to so many new things, and we can start to truly fight back. And then we, um, we see Jesus, then in these last few sections, in, in Luke 4:38 through 41 we see Jesus lives out his identity and his role physically. Okay, meaning he goes, and again, I encourage you to go on your own time and to read these stories. Okay, verses 38 through 40, okay, we see, again, Jesus goes out. He, he starts healing people, okay, and, and he starts doing all of these miracles, okay. And, again, his physical life changes from being a carpenter, right, to being a rabbi and a teaching. All right, after following Jesus, okay, our, um, our physical lives will change. Okay, when we, after we follow Jesus, our physical lives will change. 1 John 5, 18 and 19, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Again, we are children of God. That is our identity. Granted, even if the world is evil and fallen, it, it, it has no power over us. Okay, and yet our physical lives will then change. The things that we do, right, our identity dictates every other moment of our life. Our, our physical lives will change as we continue to journey forward with Christ. And then we see in this last few verses, okay, of Luke 4 in verse 42. It says, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place, and the crowds searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. And so he continued to travel around preaching in the synagogues throughout Judea. Okay, so we see him not only does he he live out his role physically by healing people and teaching people, right? But he lives it out his his spiritual role, right? And that is right to spread the gospel, right? The way of salvation, the fact of the the finding the grace that he's bringing as the Messiah. Right? We realized again also not only will our physical lives change after following Jesus, but after following Jesus, our spiritual lives will change. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20, it says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And again, as Jesus said, no, I can't stay right here with you guys. I got to go and spread the news wider. Right? He, again, sets the example for us of what, how our identity you know, plays out for us, is that we also have to spread the news of Jesus right? as we live out our spiritual identity of a child of God. Right? And we have to go and do that same thing that Jesus did right? as we fight back against the real enemy. Again, the enemy not each other. It's not other churches. Right? It's not even this, you know, this world. Right? The enemy is the devil right? and the spiritual powers of evil. Right? And that is our true enemy. And as we continue to power forward, not just in our own faith, not just as a church, right? but in our whole world, right? we know what we're really fighting against. Right, it brings me then to my final thought this morning, and that is this. Your identity, what you believe about yourself, will affect every other aspect of your life. Are you living life as a son or daughter of God? Because that is our true identity. All right, we are sons and daughters of the one true king. And I hope that you will join the journey and live out every day as you continue to journey towards Christ right, as God's son and God's daughter. God, we thank you, God, that you changed who we are all the way in our identity. And God, I pray that as we leave this week, God, that we would live every moment as a son or as a daughter of the one true king. God, that we would never question our true identity. And God, that you would continue to work in our own hearts and lives as we journey forward in our faith. And God, use our journey, God, to bring others into who you are, God, and to join the journey, and to have their identity changed too. God, guide us as we go. Help us to shine your light in this world that so desperately needs you. We thank you. We love you. Guide us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.